0: Welcome to the Creative Agency Account Manager podcast with me, Jenny Plant, from Account Management Skills Training. I'm on a mission to help those in agency client service keep and grow the existing client relationships so their agency business can thrive. Welcome to episode two of the Creative Agency Account Manager podcast. Today, I'm thrilled to speak to Tina Fegent. Tina is a marketing procurement consultant with 28 years experience. And the great thing about Tina is she's worked for Agencies, but also for clients. And she's going to tell you a bit about that. There are loads of golden nuggets for you in this episode, and I really hope you enjoy it. She's going to cover what she sees has changed in terms of procuring services with remote pitching and some of the trends she's seeing. We're recording this in August 2020. She's going to share her views on the latest IPA report about the future of account management. She's going to talk to us about why you need to be developing relationships with procurement and some brilliant insider tips on what to do during a pitch. And there are loads more nuggets of wisdom that she shares with us. So grab a pen and take some notes because I think it's really valuable stuff. A side note, there's a bit of background noise in this episode, which I hope is not too distracting. We happened to record it, on one of the hottest days of the year in August 2020. And we have windows open and fans on. So I hope it doesn't distract from the core of this episode and you come away with some value. All right. Well, I am thrilled to have as my second guest, Tina Feigent, who is a marketing procurement consultant with over 25 years experience. And I first met Tina probably a couple of years ago. We had a few coffees together, didn't we? But the moment that I remember the most was when we were walking into the IPA conference, business conference together. Yeah. Yeah. It was like being with a rock star. Everyone was like, Tina, Tina. Isn't it? It was like, I said, you are so popular. So she knows everyone in the industry. And a couple of things that stand out for me before I ask her to introduce herself is she has worked both agency and client side. So she's got a really good understanding of how things work on both sides of the fence, which I think is really insightful for us. The second point is she's very active in the marketing procurement community. And she's sort of got leadership quality. She's always posting articles, she writes for Campaign Magazine. So she really shares her voice and lends her voice. So she's very inspiring. I've already listened to a couple of podcasts with her before. Super impressive. And yeah, I'm really excited about getting her views on things and just diving into the interview. So Tina, welcome. Thank you, Jenny. That's all right. Perhaps you could spend a couple of minutes just introducing yourself, anything that I've missed.
1: Thank you. I was honoured to be the second guest on your podcast. they thank you for the kind intro so yeah I've got sort of over 25 years actually I've got 28 years experience but that makes me sound a bit old if I'm going towards 30 years so yeah one of the first in marketing procurement when I worked with net which I don't know if your listeners will know that is that's now uh, Telefonica and I got there and again for the older generation I think the user guys for mobile phones used to Really big and massive. When I got there, the agency, the advertising agency was buying them. I was like, oh, from the cute point of view, you know, can I look at go and buy them and do it? And it's like a 50% saving. So. That's why I got into marketing procurement, and at that time, hardly anybody else was looking at marketing procurement globally. I think the guys at Guinness were, and NatWest were. So yeah, so I've always been in procurement. I luckily I specialised first specialising in marketing, and then worked for well, Smith Beecham. So I bought my beater and vending machines for LucasAid. Uh, and then I went to Orange. And had a fantastic time there. People still got my orange number, and I can't bear to move away from the orange or EE network. And then I went to work for two advertising agencies, Gray and Lowe, as a commercial director. So, quite an interesting, quite a shock actually, you can to work uh, agency side. I've never worked so hard in my life, but great insight from the support. I was commercial director. And I sat in my own consultancy 14 years ago, actually. Actually, to begin with, for agencies, but it's involved to work more clients. And that could be CMOs, it could be pitchers could be reviewing the whole agency base, mentoring, I do a got of mentoring, for marketing, procurement people, and actually do a bit of agency work as well. Obviously, you and I have worked recently uh, on a client, so looking at tenders and doing training and stuff like that. I chair the SIPS, our trade body, for those who are in Jesse's yeah, yes, which the the chartered industry procurement Supply, and I chair the marketing group there. We have a choice for a couple of months.
0: So, yeah, so I've been doing it for over 20, 25 years now. It's so impressive. And I think what we forgot to mention, which I was hoping you would, but you were voted one of the most powerful people in advertising. You were the first marketing procurement person to be voted most powerful by a campaign magazine, right?
1: Yeah, really. I was really touched 2017 to being included in then I've been there every year since. And I think last year I got a good egg rating next to me. So really great from a procurement point of view. That the, you know, the trade press thinks actually and as you said you know, I do spend quite a lot of my time talking about good procurement you
0: know. And. Well done honestly before I get on to the questions there was just something you said there that you were brought in by a couple of agencies to be commercial director and just for those maybe agency leaders thinking about is there a need for a commercial director that has a better understanding of procurement so can you talk a bit about what your role actually was in that commercial director role?
1: Yeah, I think it's a great question because actually you've got FDs and, you know, if you've got FDs, why do they need a commercial person? But I think in my two roles, i just got a different slot and I think, you know, you are facing procurement more and more as an agency and I think agency land can be very negative about procurement, you know, because they don't want them there. So I think FDs, rightly or wrong, we we haven't always got the relative experience to know how to work procurement often more internally focused, so I think my roles were both internal and external when I was agency side. And actually, I've been surprised how there's still quite a lack of procurement people agency side. But actually, if you need to have people understand who they're facing to client side, and I think you know it's not just about doing the fees, it's about doing courtly reviews, quickly commercial reviews, it's been practically your spent. And actually if you've got a procurement client pushing that sort of stuff, to have someone agency side that is attuned to where humans come from, it is a different mindset for finance. So I do think agencies could look to invest in that support, you know, not necessarily a full time role, but I think increase increased level of understanding with procurement. And that's what my role was when when I was agency side.
0: It's really interesting you say that because I've been thinking about this for a long, long time. Agency leaders who go into a traditional kind of negotiation with procurement, my understanding is procurement people typically are very well versed in negotiation skills. The training is a lot more comprehensive. Is that right?
1: Yes. I mean, you know, we are training procurement. We've all done negotiation training and agencies often haven't. And it could be little, I mean, we talk about nuggets, things like reading upside down, you know, we might look at someone's notepad and have they got, you know, their rates or must go lower. It's a silly little thing, but it's things like that, you know, having time out when you're in negotiation, you know, and, and you see the agency person getting redder and redder. No, we can say we have time out It, we could go away and talk about the options. We would have prepared, we would have had two or three scenarios that are, we've got some terms like BATNA and you know and most MDA most desired offer, we would have worked all that out and that's, but it does cut, cut the three-month negotiation process down to like an hour. But yeah, no, I totally agree Jenny, I think it's it is an art, it is an art,
0: I think it sounds like it absolutely would be, because the investment that you put into some kind of advice from a procurement specialist would ultimately save you money in the long term, couldn't it? These tiny little things, all of these things add up. Just talking about your procurement services at the moment and the types of consultancy pieces that you've been involved with lately. Obviously, we're recording this mid-August 2020. We're in the middle of the pandemic, the COVID-19 situation. We're starting to come out of lockdown. Just curious to know, what have you seen, if anything, of different trends that are happening recently that maybe as a result of the pandemic have caused, I don't know, companies to put procurement process in in place to kind of look at their supplier list?
1: Yeah, I think what I've seen is that procurement has moved up the supply chain, as it were. So I was interviewing um, for another conference the head of m for s And he was saying, you know, he's now dealing with the C suite at MS on a more regular basis because, and I know agencies that listen are going to hate it, but it was about cost savings, you know, and it had to be, you know, because you had to cost savings. And for him, obviously, the food part carried on. We had to switch the the, the fashion side off. But, you know, I've found that the procurement generally, or you talk to colleagues that are in banks and FMCG. They've all been really, really busy because I think it has helped cement their role in that they are a key player. I think before we've always felt, we've always, like marketing sometimes, we've always got a, a chip on our shoulder. We don't often have somebody at a board level. If you're buying indirect, indirect procurement, these things are not directly involved in manufacturing. So procurement does make spend, spending direct. So if you work for Diageo, you're buying the the yolks to make the guineas and the tin cans, indirect will be marketing, HR, IT services. So obviously marketing tends to sit in indirect procurement and we're often sometimes not on the board. So I think what's happened coming out of this, a procurement point of view, is elevated the role. And actually a lot of my procurement clients said they've never been so busy because people are coming to them. There's been the recategorisation of suppliers again, the MS chat was saying that he spent a long time prioritising their suppliers here on tier two. And then what happens is there's a level above that because of the pandemic that's critical. So, for example, we said pest control. Okay, it's not a marketing example. But actually, he would never put them as a Tier 1 or a Tier 2 supplier. Of course, now, kind of the pandemic, they are now critical. So, it's really interesting about how they categorise their suppliers. So, I think, you know, it's really been about elevating the status. I think it's made them think about strategic partnerships. But agencies have responded on the whole really well. There's been a few that I've heard that haven't done... As great, you know, taking a month or two to bring other clients. But on the whole, you know, agencies, I think, have really stepped in. And again, we use the word partnership. It's a word that we hate and agencies love it. But actually, I think we have seen a lot of partnerships really come to the forefront where those key strategic relationships with the clients that are continuing to invest or maybe having to cut back and make the money work a bit harder because there's no money going, obviously, in outdoor cinema when no one was around. I think really bear fruition because I think those, you know, we're in the trenches together sort of thing will really help. And obviously pictures, you know, I've been very busy doing this with pictures, doing them virtually online, sitting still for three hours, is not a full that I have, but actually it has worked really well. I do think at one stage you do need to have a face-to-face because, you know, marketing, you know, it's a people business. And you know, much as you know, we're all experts at Zoom, etc., and Teams now. I do think you still need that degree of face-to-face. But I think clients have been more available. They're not travelling. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're not spending an hour, hour and a half each way. You know, often they are back-to-back Zooms and, and team calls. But the pitches I've worked with, the clients have been much more open. After having more time, you know, and a couple of pictures, we have had perhaps two or three tissue meetings where we have had one, trying to get everybody involved. It's easy to get that guy from New York to dial in. So it's, I think it's been positive. Obviously, on the negative side, unfortunately, it's for You know, and I've got a few sort of CMO clients that now are having to, to look around. Obviously, we're hearing about it on the agency side. And as you said, it's mid-August. The furlough scheme is starting to come to an end. You know, we will to redundancy So that's sad to see both like an agency side but you know we'll come out of it we will come out of it whenever and I think relationships will be stronger and deeper and we will have different ways of working you know however they evolve I think it'd be great you just got to try and so hard to say look at the positives, but I'll just try and work together on something.
0: You mentioned that agencies have been responding really well in terms of partnering with their clients can you give us a couple of examples have they been sort of more flexible with payment terms or I don't know just stepping up to offer more advice or more direction what kinds of things have they been doing differently
1: yeah I think I think it's all of that it's you know it's hard you have got clients saying look we're going to spend five million on media but it might be five it might be two and a half it might be one so let's go through some more modeling for example on the media side I've seen agencies come back and say actually We've looked at this technology, and we could do this online experience. Or, talk to a retail client last week, they actually have done it, did an experiential event in Queens Cross two weeks ago. So, yeah, I think they've been really proactive. I think they've been showing information what other clients are doing because obviously, each client has put their own bubble, mm-hmm. keep a bubble. But I think you know, we what's a bank doing versus an FMCG versus in um, you know, a manufacturer. So I think they've been really helpful in terms of saying, look, you know, this is what other clients are doing. And then having discussions about what happens with the staff, you know, the staff did have to be furloughed. So working with clients on what works best. You know, some clients obviously have their spend cut. Some have carried on spending, some have carried on, but they, they will come back. They will remember the agencies that work with them. So for me, it's always been like proactive. You know, a good agency, a good account person is someone who is proactive. And I think on the whole, it's been really good to see during this pandemic that people have stepped up.
0: That's excellent. You mentioned before that one of the key skills for an account manager of the relationship is proactivity just sort of expanding on that you know given your number of years in the business what other skills do you think are key for a really good account manager
1: i think uh, yeah being proactive i think being able to hold senior level discussions i think for me that's a big craft. and more so we can get onto the IPA uh, report but being able to deal with senior people i think being financially aware I think that is an area that could be improved in terms of having those why are we all doing this? Magic logic, which is now what 15 years ago, said, you know, it's about getting a profitable ideas that work for both sides. Because at the end why is a client investing their money in that PR, that digital, you know, that event? Because they need to drive docky sales, increase their brand image, for example. And then like person who's not even focused on that. Well, how can they deliver for the client? So I think it's the senior level being able to have that dialogue with senior people, client side, I think being financially aware and also I think in practice as we said, I think also management, because I think their role is very much about coordinating agencies' resources because they know they take the brief and then you know, going out and working with you know the creative, you know, the production planners etc to deliver what is right for that client so being able to manage and obviously sometimes a lot of the agencies have to manage but be able to coordinate and affect change deliver for that client is really key and to have that client top of mind is what it's obviously delivered for the agency as well because you don't want to deliver for the client at 0% profit because you want not to deliver for the agency then so but you know it's making sure you can get the skills of the agency resources to deliver to match the client's brief on time and in line with the budget as well and that is a skill it does take a skill to do that and I think cap management are the right ones are really really good at the end of the day a key one for me is being focused on the kind of business that's what is top of their mind
0: I'm sure you know Tim Williams from Ignition Consulting Group um he delivered a report for the AAA, I think. Tim Williams did a report between uh, agencies and clients. It was a huge global study. And it was sponsored by a lot of the marketing bodies globally. But one of the questions was, what are you actually selling, you know, as an agency? And all the answers came back from agencies saying creativity, strategy, people, solutions, da, 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 da. And the outcome was you are selling business outcomes. You know, just as you said, what are the business outcomes that the client is going to receive as a result of working with you. So I love that you brought up that point.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, agencies can be focused on awards sometimes, you know, and don't get yourself on that too much. But I think exactly that, isn't it? It's just like, okay, everyone likes award-winning work, so it's, like, it's the right award-winning work. But, yeah, it's exactly that. It's just like, why is the client spending X amount with you? You have to be focused on that. When I worked agency side... One of the most focused teams in one of the agencies that I worked with was the ones that actually had a bonus linked to how the advertising worked every quarter. And they were the most focused ones in terms of, okay, that ad's gone out or whatever, okay, where's the data from yours and where are we? Because they can see what was working. Obviously, these days, that's a lot easier to do with digital work and stuff like that. But you've got to think, why is the client spending this money with it? It's not a BAME project even more so coming out of that period about the return investment, investments and actually saying look, we just got to, you know, talk to a procurement client, you know, that she works across five markets and she said what well, it's made them really, I understand is, right, we're going to spend the money as a whole now. So actually, if France needs up weighting, we will look at that as opposed to, you know, the five markets doing their own separate work. So I think there'll be a bigger fight for the money, I think there'll be more focused activity and making sure the work and the budgets
0: go further than they ever did. Mm, That's a really good point, actually. You mentioned just earlier on about the latest report that came out. So this was a report that's just come out from the IPA, commissioned by the IPA, by Hall & Partners, called The Future of Account Management. And for those of you who haven't read it, there were four key reasons for this report was coming out. One, we're losing talent to tech and management consultancies. Two, the value of account management needs redefining. Three, there's a growing need to collaborate across different agencies. And four, obviously with the new normal, with COVID and the economic impact, we're having to do more with less. So just curious about your view, Tina, on this, that this point about having to define the value that an account manager brings to clients, you know, do you think clients see the value in account management?
1: I think they do. I was quite surprised by that report. I felt it was quite light in places, and I was quite surprised. And there was a silly quote from a person about, I don't know what they did. I'd, I'd like to know who they interviewed, because I wouldn't mind speaking to that person themselves. But I actually just look back to the, the pictures I've done in the last few months to see what percentage of the cost of the manager. and it was 20%. So actually, in terms of cost versus creative, which is 50% of the cost, yeah. planning, Dutch makeup, the other, the other five, uh, other four areas. So I think a camera should a key role to play. My points are is there are too many. In these pictures I said, I went back and had a look, and there were 12 job titles in account management, ranging from chief executive down to account exec. For me, what is the difference between a senior account manager and a junior account director? There's no difference. There's absolutely no difference. You do not need 12 roles in account management. So I think they have a great role to play, but I think there needs to be less of them. I think they need to be more senior and needs to be more focused. I mean, you know, the best one is James Murphy. You know, I've got his number on my mobile phone and, you know, you see him with clients and he's on it. He knows it, you know, he's in with the C-suite. I mean, okay, he's politics. you know, because of who he is, but, you know, he's on it with the clients, but yeah, I can still bring him up and have discussion you know, about their things, about the, structure of the team, stuff like that, and have a bit of a laugh as well. But you see him interacting with clients. And actually, why do you need, you know, there are other, obviously good people who work with at another agencies, in case anyone are listening, but we've got him, you know, and the support of one or two others. Why do you need six different people in account management? You know, unless... I know, you know, the port cap exec up £40, £45 pounds an hour is arranging the meetings and stuff like that. And the client lunches from press when they all go back into the offices. But I think they have, they, they have a great role to play. I do think the IPA report Under plays it. I do think they missed a few bits. And I think it has a great role to play. I think they need to be more commercially aware. Um, again, said so the last question about the outcomes. I think more focused.
0: And be able to have those more discussions mm, and asking the right questions, presumably. Yeah. because I think one of the things I hadn't realised was that the chief brand officer for P and G, Mark Pritchard, said I think this was a couple of years ago. Yeah, that they wanted less account managers for their agencies and more creative. It seems to me that the account management generally is in the spotlight right now, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm surprised though because mm. I, I think it has a great role to play. And I just wondered what the premise behind the IP, because obviously if you look at when they did the study that, it was end of last year. And I can't think they do acknowledge that things have changed. But for me, I, you know, I was quite surprised because actually I do think I've always felt, and I, should, and I know my counterparts do, has a great role to play. We would just often question, obviously, the number of roles they rate. Right. Obviously, sometimes you need so many more about their value and their contribution, not about their role. And if it's 20% at the cost, and as, again, Mark Pritchard, that's why I actually picked it up to say, back those recent you know, pitches I've done, what percentage of the overall fee is account management? And all of them, it's 20%, 25%, mm-hmm. which
0: I think is about right. Absolutely. Why do you think that agencies put so many levels of account management forward?
1: The a common complaint from clients that you go to a meeting and there's four from the agency and they don't want to pay for that. I do hear that more and more. I think, from agency point of view, it's covering—it's covering everything, isn't it? It's covering account excel, account manager for learning. Which is not necessarily a bad thing, but the client shouldn't pay for that. It could be like I said with negotiation earlier. You need two, two years, four years, four years. Yeah, better than two years. Um, so it could could be that as well. They're on the account. They've been paid for. You know, those agencies are lucky enough to have a retainer still. Justifying the hours, maybe. I think on the whole it's good intentions, but in the last few years I would say clients have started to say, I don't need to But it's been interesting because you don't have those same levels in the planning. Head of planning, yeah. you know, senior planner, junior planner, creative, executive creative director, creative director, medium, or no, you know, production the same. You know, so I think it's come out of we've got that salary oh they're not a junior account manager they're not senior account managers now junior so the pay rises and i think that's quite blossomed in terms of the of
0: job titles i think you're right i think some agencies use it as how are we going to have a promotional pathway for you and we create these different levels so that you feel that you're progressing in your yes. career yeah agree i see a huge amount of disparity between when i work with different agencies if you have a title of account director often for me it just it it's not consistent. There's no consistency, like you say.
1: Yeah. I and that's where it falls down on, on e so sorry, because, yeah. you know, if you've got an account director, I remember working for a media agency quite a few years ago, pushing for a bank, and their argument was our account director is five years more experienced than agencies one, two, and three. And it's a fair point. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think e auctions are really awful, because you don't account for that. But who is educated in the fact that their account directors are five years more experienced than agencies?
0: Well, I was going to ask you, actually, to that point, do you think agencies that want to put forward during the pitch process their different levels of account management should spend more time helping the client understand the value of each of those levels or certainly the role of each level in more detail?
1: I think it's harder the pitch process because, obviously, you're often fronted by the most senior person and probably one other. But obviously, for a large account... You know, in the pictures I've done, I've actually been having commercial discussions before the pictures. So, we've had two or three sort of discussions or negotiations, yeah, sort of work. But, a fair discussions to say, actually, the client management, say, it's at 35%, Yeah, the other agency says 25%. Why do you think that? And they were well, based on experience, you know, we can make a dish heavy, head, so we need to do it. So, I think it's both. So, once they hopefully is a work the client, the agency does their initial organisational structure then it's not just down to procurement, it's down to the marketing client as well. I think that's where it falls down, that sometimes procurement are left alone to little look at the commercial side and actually before you know it, the client's like, oh, what about this account people? Well, you don't think folks that you should have looked at, you know, mm. so procurement is actually to engage with their marketing clients, you know, in any pitch process, say, look, this is the structure they're saying, what do you think? And obviously you've got your past agency, you know, you know what you have been paying, the structure of it, you know, whether it was for six account people. And you should use that obviously as benchmark as well. So I think it's just to have to have that regular dialogue. And then if you've got quarterly commercial reviews, which I'm in favour of, you're then reviewing that to say, okay, On the scope we did have these five projects, there were two gold, two silver, one bronze, and we had these five people, but actually we're now five gold actually need to update it. So that's what we're thinking in terms of the structure.
0: That's a really good point actually. Going back a step to pitching, because obviously we're doing virtual pitching now, you've seen many, many pitch performances on part of agencies, haven't you, in your time. I'm curious to know, where do you see really standout performances from account management? Can you give us a couple of examples of where it really has shone and the client sort of turned around and gone, wow, you know?
1: I think it's someone who is managing the process,
0: you know, be it
1: Face to face, be it online, in the pitch process, the account manager is one in charge. Because I don't agree with having agency CMOs and two did you know, get the pitch they normally fade away anyway. You know they're great for initial discussion, but I think I, that's the best example of the ones I that I deal with is someone who is your is, is the conductor of the orchestra, is on top of it. Yeah. You know, They've got the tech set up, you know. They know who's talking. about their timing it, Who's got what role? Who's watching the client? Because That is key, you know. Are they getting bored? Are they getting worse? Are they doing the emails? What are they engaging in? You know. And recently, on one of on the did online, the, the account person was like, "Okay, stop, stop now, yeah." It was quite good. He had a picture. Forget yeah, what it was now. of what's like, a pipe or something. and It means like let's have a break. You know, because one of these was you know these three hour pitches, but okay. What do you think and he was really good at questioning and saying what do you think where are we how are we going and that's quite brave to do during a pitch because the the practice say, don't like it you know you're like oh no got another two hours to go so it's someone who's in charge who's managing it who's really got feet on both camps, or eyes you know watching the client but also making sure the agency on top of it and keep his time because that's my bit. Of hate you know be it an hour be it three hours you know we're all busy these days aren't we online stuff like that but making sure everything runs smoothly. Um, most clients as well have done their research, you know, and I think that's sometimes, true procurement because, you know, I say to agencies that we have a procurement person on LinkedIn, we need to know your audience. And actually, if you know that Johnny, who's at Client X, used to work at Client Y, bring up, you know, mate at Client Agency Y and say, look, do you know, Johnny, on what you think, and get the SP on it, and do you they know their alerts to nuts or whatever. You know, and have those much. I think that's what agencies fall down on sort of generally as well is have that level of engagement with procurement on a par with marketing. And I think in pitches that is often true that you know because sometimes we have to bust away into a pitch, because you know is often the fun part of the pitch process. And you know, and obviously we can't score as well as the clients do on the creative strategy, but actually not to done your research no, and there Or it's the last slide in the deck. or it's numbers you know and that's where they fall down as well I think it's not addressing procurement in the pitch and actually you know treat a procurement as one of the team and agencies often don't do that as they might ignore the procurement person totally as to if someone asks a silly question but you know a good account person will fudge it and like that's a good question and even though you know they think, oh, what's going on there but yeah please don't procurement sections, the last slide is a budget slide, you know, make sure you've got 10 minutes in there, or whatever the time's is allowed for, and you've heard discussion, and you've engaged them beforehand, do not leave to the pitch you know, even if you know a lot of agencies say, oh I don't want to ask about procurement, it's going to scare me you know, even if they're not in the briefing process, say have you got procurement do we need to engage with them get it over and done with, you know and if they are one of these procurement people, it's all about you know, the computer says no, and it's all about cost, cost, cost. I least should know that. <laughs> and actually, because it falls part of the view of the client. And the procurement shouldn't be the lead, obviously, they should be their support. But if it is a very cost-out driven client, you might not have got that from the marketing people. And actually, if you then meet the procurement person, lead up to a pitch, and you think, oh, okay, we're getting a different message here, then you can make a call and say, look, we we'll are get some buyers we don't particularly like you know, and actually go back to the market or the client. Say, can we just suss that
0: out? So I think engagement early, as soon as you can in any pitch process as well. There's so many good valuable tips there. Thank you for sharing. Honestly, I think that's like a, I hope people were taking notes. One of the things that you said earlier on, which I feel quite passionate about is the role of account management is a lot of the time about picking up on those subtleties of what's happening in a meeting and knowing when to shut up when to speak, when to lead, when to step in. So I'm really glad you brought that bit up because that's the kind of softer element that gets so overlooked and so taken, you know, for granted or feeling like that's not really important. But for me, I suppose throughout my career over 30 years, it's the one thing that I've witnessed time and time again is where an account manager pays for themselves, you know. It's knowing what to do. It's that having that sensitivity.
1: So yeah. that yeah. was a great point. Thank you. And learn to read upside down. Yeah, that's so because, another one. Yeah, we, 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 I'm not being funny. So I've got to work a, on my skills. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, say if there's a scoring sheet, it's like any agency's listening, I hate you sitting next to me on pictures, but you should try You should try and sit next to me on pictures because you'll be able to see what I'm writing. That's why I don't like it. Yeah, and I've written
0: a You mentioned earlier on, and this is one of my questions was, I think for a lot of account people, There's a little bit of not fear exactly, but wondering how to engage with procurement. And so you mentioned before, you know, make sure you know who they are, connect with them on LinkedIn, find out as much as you can, develop a relationship. Tell us a bit more about that and where you see the value of account management actually creating relationships with the procurement team. Yeah, I think it's not just
1: in a pitch process, you know, it's it is for life. Uh, and I think that's where that's why I see the biggest fall down for agencies is and you know, we're part of the brain procurement because they are you know, everyone everybody's <laughs> really busy but they often get you know get involved in pitch and then obviously agencies don't often then see them. So my biggest tip for agencies, well the second you know, the first one I said engage them early on, look up on LinkedIn, let them see you, look them up on LinkedIn. You might be getting scored on it. You never know. I'm not saying that you would be, but actually, oh, they're not on LinkedIn or they do. Clients do talk about that sort of thing. Oh, did you get that box of biscuits for the pitch? I didn't tell the person. And I know we have an ethics register. We're not that desktop. Biscuits the desktop. We do miss our biscuits. We miss our biscuits and we miss our notepads for agency pitches. Noted. You know, yeah, yeah. But, you know, treat the current person within the ethics. You know, don't send them I don't know, iPads at the presentational, for example. But I think look them up, do as you would with marketing, but probably be a bit more vocal about it. Treat them as an equal throughout any part of the process because they are as important as the marketing person. And then post pitch, have a level of engagement with them. And that's what agencies fall down time and time again. And I, for years, have said to any agencies I've worked with have a procurement club have a procurement quarterly session. Okay, it could be a bit dangerous to get all your procurement clients in one room every quarter. But you know what, hardly any of you have done it. And I just think you really miss a trick or when they, in the olden days where we could go out and go to events and you know seminars and I'm lucky to sort of get invited to them. And you know, there's been some great ones. I really see a procurement person And I say to the client organizer, Manager, happy advice. Sometimes they have, and sometimes they just have The A Christmas party, okay. oh we can be the ones that? well, how much is that costing? And you have a joke about it, you know, if humans here, put the bottle away, sort of thing. <laughs> You know, and that's the sort of thing you do. So I think it's pre pitch, get an SP on them, LinkedIn in with them, have that dialogue. But for me actually it's more important post pitch, the ones where you can be in their mobile phone and they can ring you because actually Johnny could leave the go to P G and actually that agency was really procurement friendly, right? Now. I've got them really oh give them a ring Oh I need a favour, I just need some rate and I think agencies have got better at it, definitely. But I think it's still room for improvement. And like you know, for me, having that quarterly dialogue and having some you know get people, yeah, you know, they are really busy, but having something to get them out and say, right, come and understand how we do our process for eggs is invaluable.
0: I absolutely love that, and that's invaluable for agencies. I think this is great advice. Thank you. I suppose also it's in the agency's interest, isn't it, if they did have those quarterly catch ups. It's also like a forum to be able to tell them what else is going on with their agency, what other services perhaps they've got, maybe they've made an acquisition and they have more things to offer.
1: Yeah, so one of my clients, I do the quarterly commercial review programme and we also do agency management programme where they score each other as well. But in the quarterly commercials, you know, we've got a fixed agenda and it's what's new with you and what's new with us, you know, all my clients have been bought by somebody, talk like that. In the meantime, the agency's actually been moved to another agency. I think you're exactly right, Jenny. You know, it says, okay, what's new? Let's look at the scope. Let's look at the results. Okay, what's proactive? So, actually, if agency said, well, actually, do you know we've gone to a copywriter for three months because she needs to do this? Or what about that? Can we talk about that? Or what's coming up? So, it just gives you that, that regular dialogue.
0: Absolutely. And like you said at the beginning, these people that are now on the maybe on the C suite, the chief procurement officers they're going to know what's going on at the business level, aren't they? So that their whole procurement team are going to be updated on that. So it's a regular forum that agencies can have with their procurement contact to understand what's going on with the business. What are the business challenges? What's important? What are the strategic imperatives this year? And then they can look more forward thinking to think how are we going to develop our services in order for us to tackle those challenges for the clients so
1: yeah totally agree whilst i think agencies should not worried right back because they haven't made the impact that everyone was worried about 18 months two years ago they are very good at that c-suite relationship and agencies do fall down on that that they the man market and i've seen it i've seen it, time- it it's easy to do you've got a client you've had for two three four years people move but it doesn't take much to pick up the phone and drink a cup of coffee do you want a drink how are you doing can we just put something in the diary and to have that regular dialogue and that's what because i was really good at oh yeah she could help with this oh we're going to expand to the u.s do you know anybody
0: again fantastic advice great reminder for agency account managers to think about that i've been talking about this for a long time because Obviously, you know this, that in the landscape, the accentures of this world are becoming hugely acquisitive, aren't they? They're acquiring the the creative arms. So I kind of thought to myself, it's only a matter of time before these highly skilled, more business consultancy type leads in management consultants are going to shine and be able to do the whole spectrum of services, not just business consultancy, but all the way through to creative strategy concepts, you know, and all the tactics that come with it. So they haven't made the impact that you expected them to though that's interesting but, yeah, I'm, I'm i've seen it with a couple of clients have you can you give us an example
1: well yeah i've obviously got no names but actually you uh-huh. know in terms of presenting in pitches the overall package and actually when it's come to it actually it's really hard to fulfill or being consummative so don't forget consultancies are a lot more expensive than agencies mm. But I do think agencies have reacted. It probably has helped agencies sharpen their pencil a bit in terms of senior people, I think in terms of strategic insights, planning. You know, there's a fantastic plans out there in, in, in a lot of the agencies. So I think it's, in a way, it's helped. I think it has made made agencies stick up the table a bit more. But yeah, I, I think agencies, agencies are very inward-looking. Yeah, I just think, well, if you look... Campaign after off the trade of bags are available, the awards, for example. They're very inward looking, they're very, you know, they might like beat themselves up. You know, the IPA paper, you know, if a are chasing point coin or whatever. And I think sometimes they should be more externally focused. You know, we started discussing the very beginning about what they need to do in terms of focusing on the client's requirements. I do think. The reason we haven't seen such a big impact over here in the UK is the other agencies have stepped up as well and thought, oh good, cool, right, just need to sharpen this and we need to do that and, and let's get more more at the table with the C suite. And I, I've seen that, so that's really good to
0: see. It's interesting because I think we were at the same conference, the IPA conference, when Lisa Thomas spoke. Do you remember? She's head of brand for Virgin. But she was also, interestingly, she used to work for MC Saatchi as well, I think. Yeah, because like yeah. you, she's got two sides of the coin. And I just remember that moment when she almost like turned to the audience and she waved her finger because she's sat in boardrooms now. And she said, we're not talking about creative in boardrooms. We're talking business outcomes and business challenges and business. If you want to seat at the table, you need to speak our language. And so I thought it was brilliant. I've quoted that quote so many times. That's the role of cut management. That's why
1: the IPA paper, I think I missed a bit of a trick there in terms of, you know, some of the points they said in there is I think exactly, Jenny, you know, that's exactly what Lisa said. So to step up, Know your numbers. Go on some commercial courses. Deal with people, go on negotiation course. Um, I've I I've, I've recently did Mark the MBA. I, I listened yeah. to that. I yeah.
0: heard yeah. you say yeah. that.
1: What's how's that going? That was it. Was really good. I did do the exam on because I was so busy. Honestly, I was really busy. But you know, from a procurement point of view, and even I've got twenty-five eight years experience to learn from market and understand. side excited marketing so obviously we obviously see the we see the, the tactical way don't we the four p's primarily to do the price of product etc so it's almost like i think if account people could sharpen that finance you know i'm sure a few years ago James murphy always said to me i just tell them to treat the accounts as their own it's going to be a profit loss yeah you, know, you need to know what that account's doing so i think lisa's exactly go and spend time with, a you know, sit in those boardroom meetings, for example. And that's what plays itself so I can't manager. That's exactly what their role is, it's to translate that back to their organisation, to say, look, they're really sugar because of COVID, because of supplies up well. KFC, where well, they went out, and they, what the chicken issue last year? what can we do to help you know that's how one mother responded for example in terms of their creative work so that's for me that's why i think management has a great role to play and yeah, I'll boo to that person you know peer reports i don't know what they do as i thought, like where have you been miles or something mate
0: i think you mentioned this at the beginning you said i know procurement have a bit of a bad rap sometimes and i suppose it's you know comments like that that have perhaps been taken out of context or you know highlighted in in a place where they perhaps shouldn't that it's a shame actually because you're right and procurement are the ones that understand that commercial uh, side of the business, isn't it? Yeah. I think this is really valuable for agency account managers to hear. I really do because you're absolutely spot on. I mean, do you have any other advice other than the stuff that you've mentioned already about, you know, talking strategy, thinking about the commercials, the business acumen that you need to acquire, perhaps looking at one of those you know the Mark Ritz do you recommend the MBA? So mini MBA, mini, mini MBA marketing,
1: very good from a marketing point of view, but obviously not money wise. I mean, apart from segmentation, but I think it's definitely worth. That's one bit of advice I would say is look at investing. And I know the IPA uh, report is said about his training. We're together at the SIPS, our, our trade body, we've worked on guides with the IPA, which actually, again, they mentioned the the IPA report it's top tips actually for marketing agencies to work together so we'll look at launching those in September 2020 to look at those but I think for me it's the commerciality so you know invest in understanding the client's business and how to work with more senior people and be credible and I think not have four to go to a meeting even if it is online you know be more deeper with your clients I think as opposed to well the 10%, the 10%, the 10%, that's what Yeah, you know, a, a week, isn't it? So I think, yeah, I think knowledge, knowledge and, you know, we call it from stakeholder management, you know, in terms of being able to deal with your internal stakeholders, that account manage are very good at dealing with myriad of people, perhaps be able to speak all language, it's a different thing.
0: I echo this as well. It's all about having a relationship development strategy and also confidence you know, I train account managers, account directors, and one of the things that keeps coming up is this lack of confidence. So, there's no wonder that they're not having a dialogue at that level. And there's, you know, lots of factors involved in that. knowledge of the client's business, their industry, what's changing, trends. But also, and I'd, I'd love your view on this, is many account managers, account directors have this dual function. They're half kind of project managing the projects, and also half being expected to be the ambassador for the agency and develop and grow that piece of business have that commercial point of view and also look at what's changing the client side in terms of their business and often it's conflicted because the project management side of their role you know they're inundated with just kind of getting stuff done and it goes probably to the detriment of spending time understanding the client and nurturing the client and looking further ahead so um tina this has been fantastic really really brilliant i'm very conscious of your time tina where can people reach you and who would you like to be contacted by if anyone hears for anything that you've said which has been absolute gold and they want to talk further with you
1: thank you june that's very kind from our website www.tinafegen.fegen.com you just go on there Contact details. Jenny said on on LinkedIn a bit. Sometimes on Twitter. I'm not in the mood for it at the moment. Yeah, and I'm I'm happy. You know, I don't know the like flood dates to loads of agencies, but I'm always uh, happy to have an approach from agency and if I've got time you know have a chat you know it's, it's, it's a hard hard market out there I think but you know I've the role of a management. manager I've enjoyed our chat Jenny and, and hopefully it's giving uh, your listeners some perspective from, from the role of the beginners
0: it really really has it truly has thank you so much Tina really appreciate your time thank you I hope you enjoyed that episode if you'd like more details about how you can position yourself more as a trusted advisor with your clients then head over to bit.ly forward slash account accelerator where you'll have more information about a course I'm running it's a three-month program And it's to help you go from unpredictable project revenue to more predictable account growth. And this is specifically for agency account managers.